Welcome to another episode of the Lisa Ann Experience. Here we are again with me, Lisa Ann. And yes, you know a guest, but no, no, ask Lisa Ann. Surprise, surprise. You'll be delighted. That's why. But I have some adventures coming up that I'm really excited about. This weekend is the weekend of my yearly charity walk in Huntington Beach, Walk to End Alzheimer's. I do this every year, and I'm so glad that it stayed on the schedule because we know not many things stayed on schedule in 2020. This is not only important to me, it's something that I always want to do. It's a great way for me to reconnect with my friends. I have a nice team walking with me and meeting me there that I haven't seen. So I'm really excited from everything to the airport to seeing my neighbors, to walking my neighbor's dog around my old neighborhood, to seeing friends. It's just like the little things when we've been so in our own spaces, not traveling, staying to ourselves, working from home. All of that is great, but man, I haven't been this excited to take a trip in a really long time. I've been thinking about it every morning, first thing when I wake up for like the last week, texting my friends like every day, I'm so excited, I'm so excited. I don't even know if I'll be able to sleep on the plane. I'll probably watch a movie because I'll be so excited, but you'll be getting updates. I'll be tweeting and posting some cool photos and, and also just kicking back and enjoying my trip, just like I kicked back again all day yesterday watching the NFL and Chris, we're at, we're at a point in our fantasy teams where I have a lot of leagues. So I'm either 0-3 or 3-0. There's really no mid-ground with me right now. Either my team is completely riddled with injuries and there's nothing good on the waiver wire or I'm just killing it. Like everyone's healthy in that league. I don't know how it works out. How are you doing in your fantasy football leagues? I hate fantasy football. I hate <laughs> it so much. One of my leagues, I'm about to be 0-3 because Kamara absolutely went off and scored 45 points. I was going to win Against that league you. as well. I was going to win that league. Ended up falling. It's, it's, that's going to be 0-3. Other league, I'm going to be 1-2. and two. It's just, it's not a good look at the moment for me. I like the look of my players though. This is the annoying thing. At the start of the week, I assess my roster. It looks good. And then it gets to the games and all my players just don't perform. And I know this is part and parcel of the whole thing, but... Man, it gets frustrating. It, gets it also so gets frustrating when you look at your league because you realize if you didn't match up with that opponent oh, this yeah. week, you still had enough points that you would have won. But the fact that you matched up against the, the league, the team that had Kamara, you can't beat somebody that gets into the end zone that many times. You had two touchdowns last night, went over 100 yards. Like you can't, you can't beat that. So it's all about pairing as well. Like I'll look at some of the low scoring games. There's a matchup, one of my leagues, guy, guy's got 87 points and he's winning. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I have 160 points and I'm going to lose this matchup. How is it? It's all weird luck. And also it can ruin your day. If you look at it too early in the day and you're not doing as well as you thought, it gives you some good gut punch. Legitimately, I didn't end up watching the Sunday night game because I was so pissed off about what happened <laughs> in the afternoon. Normally, pretty much every week, the first two weeks, I watched three games back to back to back, did it all last year as well. Today, I was so pissed off and also my Celtics lost. And so I just wasn't yes. in the mood to watch any more sport because I had two fantasy losses and the Celtics lost. And so I'm like, you know what? I don't give a shit about sport anymore tonight. And so I just took some time off sport. I went for a run and then I watched a movie. Okay. And you have to do that sometimes. It's not so frustrating watching a movie. You know, it's not, but your Celtics losing, it's over, right? You still thought they had a chance to go to the finals. So I can totally understand that. Uh, Yeah, it's an emotional landmine. And that's what sports does to us. If you're betting, if you're playing fantasy sports, whatever you're doing, when you have some skin in the game, it changes how you watch the game. You have no skin in a movie, Chris. So of course you can watch a movie and it's okay. It's a nice way to unwind, right? Because it's such a stressful day, but it's also, it's fun as well, even though it is, stressful and it can get very um you know annoying the fact that you have so much in it at least allows the first maybe three four hours of the day to be kind of fun oh sure and then there's those moments where you're watching the game and you know you over tinkered with your lineup and you're checking to see who you played and wondering why your player has not gotten in the end zone i mean yesterday there were a ton of touchdowns that were like nobody played this guy in fantasy today i know it there were just randos getting in the end zone because we've lost so many star players and we're seeing these second string and third string players that we did not see davis, in preseason. I picked up davis actually that was my uh that was the best move that i made throughout the week was picking up davis to fill christian mccaffrey's spot he ended up playing really well still lost though that's the thing i, I picked understand. him up it was a great move just like i did the gesicki last week picked up gesicki ended up losing that as well 
I get these small nuggets of success, but the bigger picture just never works out for me. And, and I can't really complain because I've only played, this is my third season playing fantasy and I won the league the first year I played. So I can't really complain because I'm sure people have had longer droughts. Sure. But still, man, it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating. It's so fr- And then I know you're also a Chris Carson owner and now we might have a Chris yeah. Carson injury on our hands. So man. that's not going to help. But yeah, it adds to the what could be a very relaxing day turns into a why didn't I play this player, you know, or why is this player going off against me right now? Or, oh, no way. Like I played Philip Rivers, not knowing he was going to do so well that they were going to let him sit out for the extra quarter, the fourth quarter of the yeah. game. I'm like, no, he's in my lineup. Like those moments. The game affects you so differently when you play fantasy football. Yep. And I had Godwin as well. He went off with an injury. Don't know how long he's going to be out for. Already had Barkley go out with an injury. Kittle out with an injury. And like they're they're just, they're they're ravaging teams, the injuries throughout this early portion of the season. But it definitely adds, yeah, it adds a challenge to it all. It really, really does. But still, we're enjoying the fact that we're getting football. We now get to, I still do love it. The NBA finals is just going to be so exciting. Uh, It's going to be Lakers versus the Heat. There's a lot of emotion in this matchup, especially knowing LeBron played for the Heat, especially Mm -hmm. knowing that the Lakers really want to win it for Kobe. Sports can be really exciting and bring us to a whole new level of pain. And pleasure. So now let's turn it over to the pleasure. And maybe sometimes there's a little pain in bringing this all in, right? Now it is time for me to take you into the interview. And today is very different. Today I am bringing you behind the camera. That's right. I'm going to introduce you to a friend, producer, director, creator that I've always had the most incredibly professional relationship with and had so much respect for. And we've just grown over 16 years of knowing each other. I love everything about this human being, minus the fact that he is a Philadelphia Eagles fan. And right now I am wearing a Romo (laughs) jersey to troll my guest today, Vic Legina. Hi, thank you. It's so good to see your face and I'm okay with your jersey. Uh, it's fine. It's fine. I'm I'm still on the high of 52, you know. Okay, good. Listen, I thought when you had said you had a cool setup that there was going to be a bunch of Eagles gear behind you and I was going to have to look at it. So I was like, you know, I'm going to I'm going to trump that shit right here and show up in a Romo jersey, which you know I'm going to be sweating my ass off cuz you know how hot these jerseys are, right? So yeah. I'll be suffering halfway through this, but it's going to be so worth it. Vic there's years of our friendship, and I never really pronounced your name like vagina, okay? Yeah. Only because uh. I just never got it, right? After all these years, and today I sent you a voice note, and you were dying laughing because, you know, there's weird porno names, and there's things that I'm just like, no, I, it has to be vagina. I have to be pronounced right. No, it's like vagina. It's vagina. Yeah, How well, did you come name, up with this? The whole name is like my whole look on on everything. Like I don't take myself seriously. If someone hears the name, they're like, oh, "That's that's kind of funny." Okay, it's hilarious. I got it. And then I also like when people would like legitimize it, like Lagina or Lagina or whatever. I'm like, "No, nah, you're you're way off." But it's okay. It'll come around. And when they do, they're like, "Oh yeah." I was like, "Yeah." So, so uh, yes, Vic Lagina. Yes. Vic Lagina. I get it now, and I love it, and I can't get enough of it. But Let's talk about the fact that for the past 16 years, you've worked in a partnership with the same company. That company has gone through three owners. You've survived three owners at one company, which is not an easy thing to do. Uh, You've watched generations of stars come, go, return, you know, leave again, come back again. And there's something about, you know, the questions that I get from my guy friends about, oh my God, what's it like to be a cameraman? You know, how's he do it? You know, all of these random questions. And I thought this is the perfect space to have this conversation and dive into like the business aspect of it. But let's just start with introducing you and, you know, your history. I know, but everyone else doesn't. You went to film school and you were really chasing this dream to produce films, which you actually do get to do. Yeah, you know, it all started, I mean, I, I grew up outside Philly uh, to a Jewish family. Um, growing up, what I really enjoyed was independent film, movies, television shows, like all of that. And when it came time to go to school, I was like, okay, I went up to upstate New York, uh, froze my tuchus off for about four years. But during that time, I was actually at a really good communication school that I got into. And it turned out I could actually do this. And then 
after freezing my butt off, I went down to South Florida and not only did I have one degree in production, that's kind of useless. I got another uh, degree. like <laughs> a film. So I had six years of higher education that led me to point, uh, which, which is hilarious. But like I say useless because it's mostly useless. But after I graduated from college, uh, I was I was doing some corporate and commercial stuff. So I, I knew production on that end. Uh, after I graduated uh, second film school, I, I was teaching college. Like I was a college professor well, like at 24, 25 years old. That, that makes no sense, right? And then after that, I, uh, I it was comfortable. Miami was comfortable, but as all stories that happen in my life, it all begins with a woman. And, a, <laughs> yep. and it was time for me to leave the, the comfort of Miami and go to LA. And my thing, uh, big eye, bushy tailed, you know, and I'm going to do some independent film. I'm going to, I'm going to make it. Well, long story short, LA kind of chewed me up and spit me out. Like it has that effect. Yeah. Virtually everyone. And uh, along the way, my girlfriend at the time decided she wanted to be a white female rapper. And I kind <laughs> of, uh, I kind of foolishly, uh, like the little head was like, yeah, do it. And I was like, I'll no. shoot your music videos. This will be fantastic. Yeah, exactly. We'll be on the road together. Yeah. This is great. It's, 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 it's wonderful. And we're like in a tiny shithole apartment. In West of course Hollywood. you were. <laughs> and it was like, and I just really, we were just grinding. And basically I, I got myself into a lot of credit card debt. And, you know, when it came time to getting into porn, it was, it was simply a matter of answering an ad on adult staffing. Do you remember adult staffing? Holy shit, you answered yeah. an ad on adult staffing? That yeah. is amazing. Yeah. Who yeah. had placed that initial ad? Uh, this this kid called Ricardo. Ricardo. And, uh, and I, I told him, hey, you know, for 500 bucks, I'll shoot your movie, like talking on my ass completely. <laughs> and we had four shoots that day. It was like, I remember I was like, okay, here we go. And like the day was like, I felt myself just kind of, going over to a, a different side. I'm not going to call it a dark side, but if you have the battle of light and dark, I was like, it's not legit production, but it is legit production. Yeah. But it was like this whole thing. And I was like, all right, well, I'm definitely in a new realm. And I had to get out of LA. The debt was mounting. I was selling cameras. I was doing all sorts of crazy shit to stay afloat because my you know girlfriend was trying to be a white female rapper. And <laughs> all that, I was just like, all right, I got to go back to Florida. I have to, I know I can work, like go back in corporate, but the thing was, is the porn thing kind of already started to take shape. And do you remember like gofuckyourself.com? Oh, of course I do. Are okay. you kidding me? GFY? So yeah, the first yeah. fucking thing you read every morning when you woke up in the business in porn, that was exactly. our newspaper. Exactly. GFY, go yeah. fuck yourself was yeah. the best. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So all I would do is like, just look, look for content, content needed, content needed. And I was grinding and Eventually what happened was this business I had was, you know, the corporate stuff was great, but it was paying me like two months after the fact because I was a freelancer. Sure. Oh, um, the worst. But, right. But with porn, the money was in my account and all of a sudden I have like Same all day. this money. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> and then, okay, I'm going to buy a camera. Let's do this right. And look, I was grinding down there. Uh, hotel room shoots, like just like with, with Florida amateurs. And look, I, I got my, those are my trenches. Like I was sure. in the trenches there. Um, but eventually I met the guys who had become Brazzers and it started off with like real cheap shit. Like, Hey, I'm do you're with a couple in a room. Can you do like a $200 uh, tit job video? Sure. Okay. And I did it. And that's how we did it. And I was doing this forever, but like until that girlfriend left me, uh, I, I then was, I have a business here and I just, I was $29,000 in debt. When I got to Florida, I was $26,000 after she got after she broke up with me. And then after that, uh, I got out of that $26,000 debt in 10 months. Wow. And what happened was I had this business and the guys who would become browsers were like, look, we're ready to take things next level. And I was like, okay, well maybe Miami would work, but like, you should really tap into the LA side. But I'm like, nah, I don't really You didn't want to live in LA again. I remember this about yeah, you. You did not yeah, want to live in LA. And mother nature had a say in it because I was hit. I, I moved to West Palm beach at the historically worst time ever. And I got hit three direct hits in 13 months tornadoes like, or hurricanes yeah, yeah and yeah. i'm like i'm like you know what i'm gonna go to the desert where there's no fucking hurricanes and i i bought a house here and just everything just kind of merged like i had these these young guys who were really to launch something good they were going to keep me busy and i remember working. the first generation of young guys at browsers the first yeah. the first boss the first everything let me just stop right there and ask yeah. you a couple questions about on sure. set 
Yeah. Because I feel there's a lot of things people don't know about the day-to-day. Sure, they know the scene, but I always say you don't know the in-between. When you're on set with the right people, you've always been the right person for me. It doesn't feel like work, like at all. There's music playing when you're taking photos. Photographers usually got, everybody's got a real jovial attitude. And I always felt so free thinking when I was on set because I was just doing something that I knew such a small percentage of the world was doing. And the thing, you're getting paid every day you work. You're getting paid more money than you get paid doing something else. You're competing against a smaller group. Being a male producer, you have a lot of elements against you. And so for you to succeed with the same brand for 16 years is because you never took advantage of anyone. You know, for a, for a female talent, you are your most vulnerable when you're shooting a sex scene. You're on set, you're naked, you are in an area, you have to trust everyone around you. And so I imagine what they saw in you is what I felt in you when I first met you was that, hey, this guy can have a long go at this because he completely can separate professional, personal. He's not partying on set. You know, it's not a wild situation. There's never going to be a bad element. So there had to be a comfort and okay, you have that drive to pay off your debt, but there's something fun about being on set that you also had to feel that was very different than what you were shooting before. Yeah. I mean, look, it it was the energy of the individual and that energy can go either side of the spectrum. But when you are around awesome people and they're they're there to like rock out a great product and they've yeah. got that work ethic. And me, it was like, I just want to get home. I want to get home to my dogs. I want to get home to like a semi-chill life if I didn't have a crazy girlfriend at home, which which I, I, I'm past that. that that's that's beyond. Are me. you? Like I, oh, I am. I am. I, I've gotten better. I've gotten so much Are you better. in between them right now? No, no, I, I've had girlfriends, but I, I, I actually can still talk to them as opposed to... <laughs> I have to cut you out like cancer. Instead of having to have a restraining order. Yeah, or something, (laughs) just like none of that. But but yeah, like the whole process of like, okay, we're here, we're going to work, we're going to get paid. It's going to be a great day and and finding that balance. And there's there's been times where you have, you have nothing but smiles on a day because it's fun. It's funny. It's fun. And, and when you're and, pairing talent that is attracted to each other and enjoys having sex with each other, we as talent are looking forward to that as we're shooting photos and getting ready for the day. And once that scene starts, you know, I've always been, you know, I don't love to stop. I'd love to just keep going through the scene. I like the body to stay flush. I like the perspiration to match. There's no need to take a 20 minute break. And and that flow of just magic that you get to see behind the camera and that you probably know as much as we do when it's happening, like, oh, this is a really good scene. Yeah. Yeah. Like having a product that you're proud of and like, you know what, knowing that like you you just basically pointed for the fence, you swung and then you hit it and you just do the victory lap. Like that was a great scene. There's nothing like going home after a day like that, where you're like, we crushed it, you know? Yes. And there was a lot of that. There was a lot of that going on for a very long time. And I think a lot of people were like, yeah, you know what to expect, even though most people were getting on a flight to Vegas they know, hey, I'm willing to do it because I know what kind of day I'm going to have. And And when I chose to work for Brazzers for their brands, uh, you were my number one director. And there were quite a few directors within their company that I didn't work with for my own reasons, not being able to get along with them, them dawdling through the day, them fucking around. Like you were like, I got to get home and take out my dogs. I knew we're going to work in this chunk of time. I'm going to get done with my day, go to the airport, go back to LA or what have you. So there was that level of we are all here still. We're going to have fun, but we're all here still to create a product. And, you know, when I dipped my toe back in in 2018 and then came to you and said, "Okay, I'm going to shoot a couple more scenes and they have to be shot by you because I just you've always respected me so much. And I love being around you and your team, your crew. That was a time for me where I was also producing my own movies again. And I started to be very fearful and have to talk to a lawyer a lot. And one of the things I had to do was hire a female makeup artist to stay on set all day and keep the female talent with her own bathroom and protect her stuff. Because that was when talent was starting to go on set, do the scene, collect the check, leave, not tell anybody anything went wrong, no cue at all. And then they go on social media and they fry your ass and it became so much additional pressure for me. How did you handle knowing that the company you were with for 16 years, they don't really have your back. You sell the content to them, which eliminates 
any liability from them, even though they tell you everything they want, the girl, what she's supposed to do, the script, what she's supposed to wear, what position she's supposed to be in. They still did not consider you an employee. They still would not protect you. How did you protect yourself? And how do you get out of that fear, fear phase? Well, well, here's the the bigger picture of everything. You know, um, I, I, I can't say anything bad about this company because over the 16 years, despite many ownerships, a lot of changing times, we always changed with the times. We always had measures in place. We always had ways, safeguards to, to do everything to make it work. And uh, I, I think I, I have to just say, like, I'm, I'm grateful with everything they've done. You know, right. so, so I want to get that out of the way. That, like, yeah, you're not I, motherfucking I, them at all. I might motherfuck no. them once in a while only because <laughs> right. I can. I, 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 I am a gentleman. I'm a counterpuncher. I never start shit. It's always live and let live. And then. If but I, I will say this. There have been times that you came to me and you said there was this thing in the script and I reached out to him right away and said, Lisa's not going to be down for that. Like you always had my back. If it was yeah. like some weird, I don't want to be a stepmom, man. Yeah. I don't want to be a mom. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, you know, I'll be a milf. It's okay. But like, don't bring step extras around. You always had my back like that. Yeah. And and, and a lot of it too was like, okay. So the mention, like, how do you, how do you, how do you, safeguard yourself well there's a there's a process there's a procedure there's there's communication there's talking and i'm i'm not going to sit here and tell you that every shoot went wonderfully because it didn't i mean no i uh, you have you have bad days you sure you abuse, and you're like yeah well, that's why it's called work because yeah. you're having you're working <laughs> and, and you know but the thing that was tough is like okay we have a script and there's always like talk to me talk to me if you're uncomfortable we can change we can adapt because right at the it all it's like we want to finish the day. We want everyone to get paid, but we want everyone to like keep coming back. And that mentality served me over the years. Like if you had a good time, you're going to come back and you're of course people post you because everyone talks. So of course. having that like innate part of it was, was always a big thing, but I don't know. Like I think over time, um, things kind of got lost. Yeah. And- and, and we started to not trust each other, not you and I per se, but it became yeah. scary to invite a new girl and not know what could go wrong here. What if she isn't happy with something? What if she does leave after set and tweet about me or reach out to the company and say, I did something. Now, you would have cameras in the background doing kind of like a BTS to make sure you were in accordance with everything, which I think safeguarded you a lot. Yes. Yeah, we have those measures in place. But we also just have a simple thing. You know, at the end, they're talking. They've got the check in their hand. We're, and like the questions, were you treated okay? Were you asking? Like, I've never had a situation. Like, I've had people look at me and say those things with a check in their hand. But it's like, there became a very dangerous time where I was then having to be a mind reader or a reader of the eyes or any of that. And I'm like, come on, man. Like, I've told you. Yeah. Speak up. If you want to call cut, cut. You know, and there's there's a flip side to that argument, too, where if you've got two people who are there and they're rocking and they're feeling that passion and that chemistry, it's like, but isn't that what we're what we're going for here? Yeah. Is that we're trying to capture? Uh, then, you know, BLM happened. And I'm not much of a social media guy because I never had to be. I know you it finally kind- did it. I'm so proud of you that you have the IG for Hedy Vibe behind yeah. you. It's so impressive yeah. because well, you are yeah. never on social media and you don't well, know what people are doing. But I will tell you. Uh, when porn stars are bored, they quite often fight with each other on Twitter. Yeah, yeah I was hearing that. Like, <laughs> like I had the TV on with the volume down and I was hearing about all this hate and all this stuff. And I was like, wow. And then and then that's kind of where you get like, you know, you see is it worth the risk? That's well, where you I, get. Is it worth the risk? Is it worth the risk? Because there's a bullshit to dollar ratio and everything. Sure. But but there's another there's another aspect to it. It's like um, you you just. You just have to just worry when you see people getting canceled and then you're getting asked questions a certain way and you're like, wait a minute. If I answer this wrong, am I going to be part of cancel culture? Am I, am I getting lined up? Like, like that's that's what I felt. And I was like, oh, shit. So, yeah, lawyers got involved and they were my they were my advocates. We're talking. Yes. And, you know, like when all this stuff was going through, because there was this whole notion of performers not feeling they could speak up or there's a. a well, power- I will interject and say in your scenario, it's very different because. The company you're partnered with has almost a monopoly on the entire business. And I would have girls even come to me and say, well, I couldn't say no because, you know, they're they're 80 percent of my work or they're the only people that pay my rate. It has become such monopoly that you are in the most precarious of all situations tied to them, whereas me. 
as an independent producing my own movies, the worst that's going to happen, the girl's going to walk off my set and never talk to me again, right? They're yeah. not going to do that to you. They're going to finish the set and then they're going to blame it on you mm-hmm. um, and create this because they are afraid because it is such a large company. I will say this. You and I have been talking nonstop during COVID. And at the very beginning of all of this, I said to you, I know you've had a long and lovely 16-year relationship with them, but they are going to realize that porn is not time sensitive and they are going to realize that they can make money without you and they are going to fuck over everybody. Mm. Um, Okay. You said that. I'm not going to disagree entirely with that statement. I will say in the very beginning, we were trying to figure this whole fucking thing out. Uh, They were good. They took care of crew. I said to them, hey, don't worry about me because I didn't have to worry. I mean, sure. it's not like I've got a family. I've got a family of dogs. Like, right. and, I, and I've been smart with my money. But it was like, I'm the captain. Take care of the crew first. Sure. And they did. I have to say that. But there got to a point after that where it was like, okay, what are we doing? What are we doing? And, you know, discussions, discussions, discussions. And when are we getting back? And then it turned into, oh, BLM happened. And, and listen, a lot of people are very angry. A lot of people have a lot yep. of emotion. A lot of people had a lot of time, so it all just erupted at once. It didn't. It erupted for them. I will say I had empathy in the situation that it erupted for them, that things that were never an issue before became a huge issue. And there were a lot of attacks on them, their brands and everything about it. And when I say these things about them, that was never your thought. It was just mine only because I see OnlyFans as being the new brand. Like I see OnlyFans being a bigger brand right now than Pornhub because everywhere you look, you're reading a story about someone, the girl from 90 Day Fiance just started as OnlyFans. She was on Cam Soda the other night, like all of these little things. And so I think where I was really going with that nagging that I love to do with my friends that I love was it's time to pivot. And I know you have everything available. Like you have an awesome studio. You have all these props. You have all these rooms you can build. I mean, your place is fucking sick. And I just knew that there's going to be a point in time where these OnlyFans girls are going to be like, uh, I need to stop shooting in my house because I've shot for seven months in the same location and it's getting dull. I need to spend some money because I'm making so much money. I'm not spending any money. That's going to fuck me with my taxes at the end of the year. And I want some more professional, like shooting stuff on your phone is fun, but man, it's great to have good content. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's okay. That was it. That was where, I had to make a decision uh, and that happened around July where I was like, okay, I have to make that leap of faith and be like, okay, what does your gut say? And my gut has served me very well on business decisions. Hasn't served me well in my relationships in the past. That's that's, okay. That's a trade off. But but, but, but it was, it was, it was a tingle in my belly that I had again. That was, that first got me out to Vegas where there's something here and I have the knowledge and I have the contacts and I have the studio and I have all this stuff and I have the reputation. So it's like, Okay, there are bosses out there. They're the new bosses. So we are the new bosses. The girls are. are the new bosses. The guys are the new boss. The talent now runs it. And because you have stayed so connected and you have so respected the top notch talent in the industry that would be the most responsible earners that want to produce, create, and, and have access to an awesome studio. Now you have this turnkey operation that you can partner with individuals for their OnlyFans or clips for sale, whether they want a webcam in there, whatever they want to do. And they can all do that through you at Heady Vibe. Yeah, yeah, that's that was the whole point of this. It was it was serve content creators of all kinds. Yeah, doesn't necessarily have to be the adult. No, yes, I welcomed it. Uh, but everything, anything, everything like the possibilities are endless. And these are the things, these are the thoughts that were coming to me all throughout the summer of like, what do I do next? And it was kind of like an overflow of ideas. I was like, this sounds completely crazy. And there was some emotional connection that I had to sever because, you know, I was tied to this one company forever, but you know, I had a nice acid trip one day and I was like, just, just, just let it go. Just <laughs> let, let it go. It go. And, let it go. And, and I did. And it was like, okay, here we are. And now it's getting the message out. It's having uh, women like you as the beacon for the message. Like, let's get it out there. Uh, those out there who want to level up their content, they've got a guy who was doing it on that high level for years that is available to them if they choose. The space is available if they choose. My 
team, Marcos, photographer. Uh, he's directing now. He's doing stuff. He's busy. Love the guy. He's and here's guy. what I love too, Vic, by you creating this establishment and you creating this space for the girls, you also were able to reemploy your staff. And, you know, I'm hearing from so many makeup artists in the industry and photographers that they're just not working. And you are now able to bring your team back and resuscitate some life in and give them what they're passionate about. I mean, Marco, your photographer who you just mentioned, mm -hmm. he loves taking photos. I mean, when mm -hmm. I get out there to see you, I'm going to have I'm going to use your studio and shoot some new PR sports photos. Love I love shooting photos with him. He's so creative. He likes to go out to the desert. He does a ton of different things, but yeah. it's got to feel good to not only say, all right, I'm going to take the bull by the horn here, but I'm also going to be able to keep my team together. Yeah. I mean, yeah, look, it's tough on the makeup artist still because, you know, a lot of times people show up. So, but, but it's, look, I, I'm, I'm trying to just get more work through for people. I'm trying to bridge, you know, for me, I've always just kind of been in my bubble. Uh, out here in Vegas and in my house. And now it's time for me to be like, okay, let's, let's make some more connections. Let's help each other out here and let's elevate performers all levels. We can get you to where you need to be because you have the power now. You, you really and you do. also took some time to investigate sterilization mm -hmm. and testing. Yep. So talk to me about these air purifiers you bought that are just like insane. Yeah, so you plug them in. Uh, you're not supposed to look at them. You're not supposed to be in the same room with them. You're not supposed to even have like uh, plants in there. And but what it does is it it kills all viruses. It kills all bacteria. It's just another level of keeping a place clean. Like right. I, I like keeping a clean house as it is. And now it's it's even like cleaner, cleaner, cleaner. Like it's the most clean environment I've ever worked in. And now it's like an organic thing of. What routine you're in a routine yeah. now you turn them on at night when you're leaving yeah. or you, yeah. you do that so that they're yeah. running how long do they run for 30 minutes wow yeah. and i've got four of them they can go in different areas that people were in you know and it's and that's addition to wiping everything down and doing of course just being smart about it but yeah there, there's ways of navigating and working in this world in this covid world there's ways it's just what do you want to do like can you be organized i've always been organized i've of always course gotten up before the sun because if there's problems you tackle them before the sun is up or when they're happening it's an east that's coast how, thing yeah yeah th that's how you're successful like yeah there's, there's a lot there's a couple spirit animals in the form of humans that i that i have and one is nick kroll who is like you know creator of big mouth back there <laughs> we love know the nick kroll yeah, yeah. love him love him he's a man but the other guy is jimmy iovine okay jimmy iovine has i heard him on stern and mind like i was just out of my mind because the things he would say were very important to what was happening right now. Like I'm starting a new endeavor and in some ways I'm a little scared. Sure. Well, he says, first of all, don't make fear your headwind, make it your tailwind. So anytime you get scared, you're like, fuck that. That's going to propel me to like do something and, and yeah. go on a bigger level. He also said something on Stern that was very important, which was be of service. So, okay. You can be a shooter, but is that enough? No. no, I'm a shooter. I've got a studio. I've got knowledge. I've got all of this. So all you got that, set builders. You can put together any kind of theme. And I mean, this is not just a studio with four walls and white background. This yeah. is like, oh, you'd like a little soda pop shop. Okay. Oh, you'd like a gym. Oh, yeah. you'd like this. We could build yeah. anything. Yeah. It's just, just tell me ahead of time what you want. We make it happen and we do it. And, you know, and, and, and we've been doing change outs on, on every month. You know, I've had, I've had, I've had wonderful people come through. Phoenix Marie has been wonderful. She's been a great friend during all this. Alora Jensen. She's, she's, we, we've gotten her patronage. Romy Rain. I mean, what do the, all these women have in common? Molly Stewart. What do, what do they have in common? They're, they're all bosses. ballers. Yeah. Exactly. They're all they're, bosses. Yep. Yep. Right. Yep. So let's just more, more of you come in and I understand Vegas is, is a distance. But let me ask you, isn't California a little fucked up right now? Couldn't you use a little break in Cali? I couldn't stay anymore. So right. yeah, I definitely couldn't stay anymore. Now, you know, five years ago, I made a statement to somebody that I felt the business was going to internally combust on itself. And this was before we even had wind that COVID was going to happen. And that what was going to come out of it is the new leadership. And the new leadership is really the talent. And now that there's these application, the power is in their hands to be leaders. And what I see with just the list of four girls that you listed, those are the girls, Vic, that are now going to inspire other girls because they're going to invite them on the set to shoot with them. Then they're going to meet you and your team and how you do things. And guess what? When they go on other sets that aren't up to par, that aren't clean, or they're being treated shady, they're going to now know the difference. And it's so important for you to have this operation going and to be allowing this space because you only learn 
from trial and error. When girls have a horrible first shoot, well, they expect that every shoot is going to be that way moving forward. And so I think what you can share and that safe place that you provide and that power that these girls can have through accessing your studio and through knowing that they're helping your staff stay afloat and everything else, this is how the business combusts and then kind of regains its power in a very different way. It has to be in a different way now. Yeah, no, uh, everything has changed. And, you know, either you evolve or you die. It's it's evolution time. And it's, and look, like I've done well. I've done well. Like all at this point, it's like keep the lights on, keep food in your belly, keep food in my dog's belly. Like that's, that's the most, the most important thing. And, and if I can get things out to other people, money, this, that, like that's what it's all about. Like I don't, I don't need to be making all this. That'll come. I know sure. it'll come. Sure. And it's like, and there's just different endeavors. Like, meeting people along this way over the last couple of months, new partnerships, doing different things. Like, you know, two people, one person that worked with me and one person I know in the business, uh, they approached me. They're like, okay, if, if you, if, if we team up, if we make you a profit participant in, in our management, uh, we can say you get to use the studio on a limited basis and you sure. get me to shoot it. So sure. you have that as part of their management. And that's, that's one facet. There's other platforms out there that I'm looking at. I'm trying to figure out if there's ways of doing it, but it's more just about talking to people, figuring out, brainstorming, spitballing, because the future, there's there's nothing but opportunity out there. The, the way things were, no. I mean, I, I see I see a, a studio system that works to help make stars. That's what I see. And I see the stars out there. They are the studios. They are the bosses now, and they can do whatever it is they want to do. If they want to you know, just, just kind of keep it chill and, and not overwork themselves. That's fine. But reality is you come out here for half a day or a day, you walk away with a month's worth of content. content. Exactly. Exactly. And, and that's, and that's, and you know, when it goes back to like before how you would like rent a house, even though you had a location, there was something specific they wanted, they rented a house. I mean, would we even feel safe now renting homes that people live in that aren't sterile? Like at least your studio, everyone knows you've got the air purifiers, everything is being cleaned. No one's sleeping in it at night. Like it's getting clean, sterilized, shut down. And then the next day, the new crew comes in to do their thing and work. Whereas I just look back at all of the things that we did one way in this business. Every business is changing dramatically because of COVID, but the porn business, which is unregulated, it goes on the trust of each other and the trust of potentially a homeowner that rents you a location that may have not been that clean. There's a lot more risks involved. And I think the bubble, which is what you've created, is really the only way for this to succeed. And I know it's easy for everyone to get COVID tested for the business. Yeah, you know, I mean, I've, I've been COVID tested multiple times at this point because, you know, you, you have to be. Yeah. Um, you know, and... and, and that that's a whole nother topic altogether and COVID and, and everything. It's I, I, I have my mentality. I'm not going to go there with it, but, but at the end of it all, yes, we have a safe place for people to work, to operate, to, to, to create, to succeed, to make money. So let's all just band together. Let's make, let's make that whole thing work. And that's what I want to, I want to get out there. And when I, when this all started, I had reached out to a, a bunch of strip clubs that I'm really close with. And I had said, Hey, you know, maybe you all should start an OnlyFans for the club and have girls come in and dance just one a night. You don't have to have anybody else in there with the girl, you know, this way they don't have to worry about as much testing, what have you, but just so that the girls can be making some money and you could be using the lights and the stage that you're probably still playing rent on because your landlord isn't giving you a break. And a lot of clubs did that. It's pretty cool that I'm seeing it grow even more girls just go in on like two hour shifts and they just dance for a period of time and then they were having to make do i don't know i mean i know there's some places where strip clubs are already open but yeah. that's not going to be the norm and we just got to pivot and it's the perfect time with all of this technology and also it's also the perfect time to really separate the groups in the industry, right? The real worker bees can be involved in their own world and be working with you and be out at Heady Vibe. And also they could be introducing others in the industry to this new way of thinking. And it's just a bunch of self-creators. I mean, I could never be more proud than I am right now at how so many people I know in the industry have been able to handle this situation. And how many of my friends are like, I'm just not going to shoot till next year. And if I do, the guy has to come stay with me and we test, we stay in this bubble. We don't go anywhere. Like people are thinking about it, but there's such a demand for new content. Yeah. 
Yeah. These people are dying. It's like they've seen every freaking scene. I see it to people all the time. There's no way you watched every scene on the internet. And you definitely need a new one, but they do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, everything. Like I've always been a pragmatist. I've always lived by there's there are no problems. There's only solutions. There's solutions in all of this. There's a procedure. There's a way of doing things where everyone feels comfortable and everyone feels safe. That has always been the message. That is the message that I will continue broadcasting because that's that's what I feel in my heart. Uh, you know, I. I did microdose today. I'm not going to lie. And I wanted to be sure that this message was coming from the heart. Like, this is not just like, I'm not trying to sell something here. I'm trying to say, if this is my third act in the business, which it is, this it is, is, if, this is if, if, if this is how I walk off. Okay. I, I, I can, I can, I could do it. And I could be happy with it. I could be happy with everything. And it's, it's okay. Like that's. Where, and you're that, keeping your connections. Now I remember when you first started shooting in Vegas, yeah. you didn't yet have a studio no. and Vic, you're not the most social person. You don't really yeah. love social media, although you're doing uh, it now for this uh, because you uh, need to. Right. Yeah, yeah. But I remember what torture it was that we all shot at your house. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, we kept it clean. Yeah, we weren't going to yeah. make, but I mean, we had to like shoot at your, we always shot at your house. I mean, have some great scenes at your pool. Most right. people don't know your pool is hella famous, Vic. Like yeah, people I would know. just pay to lay out at your pool. You could put uh, on an app with the top 10 scenes, that scene with me and Johnny with the turquoise bikini. Everyone yes. talks to me about that scene. That was at your house. Yeah, there was a live show, like a, like a 10 person live show. <laughs> the cops literally came 15 minutes and we shut down. I oh, swear to God. I can't make this up. Like my neighbor heard um, uh, excessive profanity being used <laughs> and uh, called the cops. And, cops. and here's the thing. Every time I've dealt with the cops, there's always like five five cars. It's never one. It's always five. <laughs> but like, but look, at the end of the day, you, you, you talk to them, you, you talk things through you and everyone is above board. It's a business. They're like, all right, you know, just tone down your party. And, and that was that. And, and that was the end of it. But yes, there's a lot that went on there. And I got to tell you, you know, I was shooting a lot of my house for the first year. And I got to tell you, you know, you got baby oil. And, everywhere, uh, everywhere. You I, hated it, Vic. Don't well, even try and be nice no, about no, it. No, 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 the worst was, is like you grab a door handle that has lube all over it. You're like, <laughs> fuck. Or, or you sit down on a toilet seat with someone's butt cheeks that just had, you're like. Baby oil? Ah. Yeah, and that was like. Or how about how many times your toilet used to get clogged? Yeah, because baby wipes. And, and I had to put, put signs up, like, don't flush baby. You're going to fuck up my septic system. Like, when I, was, when I was able to get out of my house and then we went to other houses. It was you were a lot happier because your got, dogs were being fucked with all day right. either. It's all these new people around your dogs. You didn't exactly. love that. Well, it was energy. It was energy that you're, you're bringing into your personal space. And that energy can be all over the place. But yeah, then we got a, a studio, a big one. You remember the old one? That was like- oh, I remember the old one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we had two shoots going on at once. I mean, it was- insane. Right, because you couldn't even hear from one side of the studio to the other. Like right. it was mass production going on. This was yeah. the peak of like, we need a hundred scenes a week, people. There's yeah. no way the world's going to live without a hundred new scenes a week. You were shooting like crazy yeah. then. Yeah. And eventually it calmed down. It got to a nice balance where we got into this place and I was working half the month. And that gave me the other half a month to go to my live music, to to be around like-minded hippie people, and just be like, "This is my jam. This is what this is what re-energizes me, so I can go back out and create awesome porn for for MindGeek and, and their brands." Like that's that's what it was, and that's what it was for for a long time. Um, but that that feeling I have, that love, like I'll keep bringing up acid because the drug has done wonders to me. You know, like growing up, I had some trauma, some shit happened, and kind of closes up your heart a little bit yeah um, acid opened it up like like to be able to like feel express be receptive to love holy shit like that took a lot and i can only credit i can credit good people i can credit like family but i can also can credit lsd and like great music and great people around you like like that's where it was like i'm dressing every day now like i'm just I'm about to go to a fucking music fest or something like, i love because you want to go so bad you want to go so the fact that your neighbor called the cops. So when yeah. I was producing in LA, I always rented through this one couple because they paid off their neighbors yeah. every year. Yeah. And so at the, they would tell their neighbors like, okay, we brought in this much money and they would just go with cash and pay off their neighbors. So they never called the cops. Yeah. But still it's people outside smoking and 
talking really loud. Like no neighborhood is used to that. And in yeah. some of the nicer houses we shot in in LA, even I would feel bad for the neighbors. I'd be like, man, you live in like an $11 million house and you've got this trash. You've yeah. got us making yeah. so much noise. Everyone's smoking weed outside. Yeah. You know, And you're like, I kind of feel bad for them. I mean, you yeah. know, they can see into this backyard. I kind of feel bad for them. Well, yeah, there, 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 there was a time in our last shoot house where I was like, yeah, things are just getting way too crazy. And, <laughs> and you know, like I just wanted to be in a spot that was protected and I have a license to shoot. Like I'm allowed sure. to shoot porn. Like, sure. like legally we are allowed to do what we want to do here, which is another layer of protection insulation, which I was happy to take on. And having a studio gives you a parking lot. And one of the biggest red flags where cops will come up during the day and roll up to see what's going on is when there's yeah. too many cars. Now you always yeah. lucked out because you're in Vegas. We flew there and you would have a driver pick us up at the airport. Yeah. But imagine yeah. in LA, you get 10 cars outside of a house at, at 10 o'clock in the morning. It looks totally suspect. Yeah, you know, right yeah. away, the neighbors are like, okay, what the fuck? They're having a day party? It's Tuesday. Well, well even, <laughs> even shooting houses out here, yeah, you can do it. But you're only as strong as your biggest asshole neighbor. And if they want to make your life hell and they want to call the cops, they're going to. So I was like, okay, let's just eliminate it all, all together. Let's, let's just shoot here. Over this last seven months, you and I have been talking on the regular. We have come to this, this place that you've created that I'm so excited to see in person, that I'm so excited for talent to get to enjoy, fans to get to have the content that they want, but really for you to provide a continuation of safe space uh, for you know my peers, for the industry that comes after me. We've seen so much change since you got in 16 years ago, uh, since I got in even before you. And and when it comes down to these independent thinkers, they're really going to weed out the agents. The agents are the ones that don't want them to be independent thinkers because then they don't get as much money from them. So what you're doing is kind of creating that space. I mean, in the 90s, I mean, rest in peace, you know, Jim South just passed away. Mm -hmm. He was the only agent in the 80s, you know, late, early 90s. And I remember meeting him and going to his office. And I was Vic, in his he, office. Oh, my God. His office. Wait, did you see the... The, the the glass ashtrays that were like the size of a, a tire and yep. they were always filled with yep. cigarette butts. Like he yep. never opened. He uh, just sat in that office yep, yep. and smoked all day. Yeah. And there was Polaroids everywhere. Like okay. I, Polaroids. Yeah. I was like, so, okay. Like the internet exists yet we're on Polaroids. Okay. Hey, we're cool. All right. So I, when I went in there in the early nineties for my first time to see if maybe I wanted him to represent me. Uh, I lure these Polaroid books on the table and he had this really ugly blue wall that Vic, you know, no girl looks good in that blue wall. And he would just have people like disrobe and take Polaroids. So you could see like their sock lines. Like I'm anal. I'm taking off all my clothes and putting on a robe. I don't want sock lines. I don't want marks for my jeans. Yep. I always would put shoot info. Please wear loose fit clothing to shit set because I don't want any lines in your body. Yep. And as much as I loved him, I told him I couldn't be in those sad Polaroid books. Yeah. So yeah. I couldn't let him represent me, but I became very good friends with him. And when his son turned 16, who's now like, oh my God, in his thirties, he let him be an extra in one of my movies. So like he was underage, he was 16. You know what I mean, uh, it wasn't a big deal back I then. Right? He was right, just right. an extra in a bar, in a yeah. bar scene. But at 16, that made him the coolest kid ever. And Jim just worshiped me for that. So I was thankful that I didn't insult him. But God, those Polaroid books were just traumatic. Yeah, yeah, no, I, you brought up the whole thing with agencies and all that. And I mean, look, uh, I understand. Like, and that's where the agency system, the studio system, it, it, it will make stars. And that's kind of it. But it will always seem to come now where someone gets a big enough following. They're like, no, I want to make all the money, you know, and that kind of seems to be where it's going or i want to have a team to manage my my only fans a streamline yes to yes. make it to the point where they are helping me max out my potential and yes they, they can do it it's like cool like because look i have the, the most kudos for performers because you're putting yourselves on the line you're putting yourself yeah. your, your body through yeah. yeah yeah you're doing it and i mean i got now, a shoulder dislocated during a scene yeah, I mean, like crazy <laughs> shit, like all this crazy <laughs> shit. But, but, but at the end of it all now, it's so happy to see that you have a brand and that you can capitalize on because there are so many stories of there are people making money and it goes right out either with drugs or a bad habit or, or a boyfriend. Or a, 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 I was going to say boyfriend, <laughs> you read my mind. Or, or, or just material shit. And it's like, 
The handbags, yeah, handbags, yeah, girls with exactly. their $5,000 handbags. I'm like, oh my God, you should not have that handbag. Yeah, and you're bringing yeah. it to set, putting it on the floor. Like, yeah, I just want to die. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, come on. And so, so now that, you know, that the, they're like, I started seeing it and I started seeing it more business women, business oriented. I was like, yes, okay, okay. Like, that's where we are. That's how I was like, when I got into this in the very beginning, one thing that was very important was like, it was the day I got on set. I was like, all right, man, you're about to shoot porn and you're about to get into this. So I looked at myself. What was that mirror. moment like? Well, I looked at myself in the mirror for it. As I said, all right, dude, I looked at myself in the mirror. I'm like, listen, don't you lose your fucking soul in any of this. Like, keep your soul intact. And that was always. And, and I'll tell you, like, there's been times, like, crazy times in the business where you have to be reminded of that. Like, hey, oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Like, we're dealing with people and we're dealing with this. And it's like, slow down, man. Like, I know you got a job to do, but slow down. And that's where it goes to me, where, okay. I haven't done everything perfectly, but as a human, I've learned and I've wanted have. to evolve and I wanted to get better as a human. That's what we should all aspire to do. So every guy wants to know how a guy holds a camera in a porn shoot, but doesn't get hard. Okay. It's because it's very simple. Right? <laughs> I had to ask the question. Other, no. It, okay. So, so you're looking at composition. You're looking at lighting. You're looking yep. at overexposure. You're looking at focus, especially when you're shooting in 4k, there's all these variables. And like, you're also. Well, if you're working for a company, I need to get this, this, and this. So you have all these variables swimming in your head. A boner is not like on the top of the thing. You're like, yeah, okay, beautiful woman. Uh, uh, it, 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 that has never like been a foreign thing to me. I'll, so I'll tell as, you, I had better sex in the scenes that I wasn't producing and directing myself. I mean, some of them went great, but I was right there with you and I was looking at the angles and making sure the light wasn't changing outside and coming in the bedroom differently. And was everybody good? And so- it took me to a place of overthinking instead of like when I come on set with you, you would tell me, here's our script. You know, this is the, this is the concept. Okay, great. I already picked the guy because you always let me pick exactly who I wanted to work with. So I already knew this was a vacation day for me with the bonus factor that I'm having great sex and I'm getting a paycheck. Okay. You know, but when it was my thing, it was like, where did everybody park? Uh, how is everybody handling outside? Is anybody being too loud? Uh, what's going on here? Is everybody, you know, all of those different things became overwhelming and it took away from that like sensation. But yeah, that's a question I really had to ask you. And, you know, with your studio, I want to close on the fact that this is a great place for Instagram models, music videos, any kind of photography, any kind of photography. It doesn't just even have to be in the studio. Like I said, Marco loves to go out and shoot in the desert. I've seen so much great work. Um, I'm sure people could probably still use your pool on occasion. And then of course, all the talent involved with the new wave, which is OnlyFans and potentially, you know, I'm trying to make the marriage with you and Cam Soda. So maybe you could have some safe pods for girls who can't cam at home. Maybe their family's at home or they share space with someone, you know, have some safe pods. They'd get tested. They'd come in. It's pretty neat what Cam Soda is doing in Miami with this warehouse and all these plastic divided pods for girls to do webcam on. Like, We've got to pivot. And even though I'm not an active performer, the business made me who I am today. And the friendships that I have in the business, like my friendship with you, means so much to me. So I embrace it and love everything about it. And I have so much gratitude towards it as well. I mean, Vic, you know I wouldn't be me if I didn't do all the things I already did. I wouldn't be me. I have such a greater understanding of the world. This business allowed me to travel. I went to other countries. I mean, I, I got to have sex in other countries on set. You know, I did two weeks in Budapest. I've shot in Prague. Like, it's so cool going, I shot in Italy. It's so cool to shoot where people don't speak English. And there's just this international language of sex. Like the business provided me with this freedom. And so now the freedom has been changed for the active performers. And now you are able to give them a safe space, have some fun with the creativity aspect of it, and provide them with a, a COVID-free, safe working environment that everything is by their choice, by their schedule. They're booking their talent, so there's never any question. There's no liability on you. I mean, all the way around, this is the perfect picture, and this is how this had to evolve because larger companies are more afraid to shoot, more afraid to be involved in content right now. They have enough money that they're leaning back. So you've got to lean in. And this is what Heady Vibe is all about. You can follow Heady Vibe, which you see on the screen. IG and Twitter at Heady Vibe. Learn more about Heady Vibe. HeadyVibe.com. You can follow Vic <sighs> Legina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got you to say it. Mm. 
And Vic, do you have any closing thoughts? No, I, I well, yeah, I always have thoughts. Always have thoughts. But, but no, <laughs> like, listen, I think we're in very weird times right now, but you have to remember, you know, every day it could be an adventure. Every day is a miracle. So wake up and try to just kill, go out and crush, like crush the world. Like, like you gotta, you gotta fight the darkness with, with positivity. You have to just bring the light and it's hard sometimes. And I always, I always am just looking for those, those pockets of, of, of light positivity. You've always been a great friend to me. I appreciate it so much because, because now when like everything starts changing, it's like, who, who can I rely on? And knowing that you have powerful allies such as yourself, like you've got my back. It's, it, it, it just helps. It, it, it just, it gives, it gives you strength. It really does. And you know, there's, there's a lot of things going on, like the independent film side of things that actually is actually manifesting. I'm, I'm supposed to, I was cast in a uh, independent film of a, of someone who resurfaced during the pandemic of all times came into my life again. And I've been cast as like an inept drug dealer in like this thing <laughs> shoot in, in, in November. I'm like, okay, we're getting back to where we are. And yeah. I'm like, and like, all I really want to put out there is there's so much in this head. There's so much ideas. There's creativity. There's a TV show in my brain that I want to get out there at some point because it's good. So uh, like, look, if, if this, if this leads to a conversation, a bigger one on that, great. But there's a lot, there's a lot that can be done. Like we're yeah. only just scratching the surface. We are. Do here. But so, I also think that during this weird time, I've built better relationships with the people that have been there for me. Yep. And I felt closer to them than ever, even though we can't see each other. Like I have a phone call usually like almost every Friday with Jaden Cole, mm -hmm. where we just make sure we put it in our book. We just get on the phone, whether it's yep. FaceTime or phone. But I've realized that because we're not as busy, we're making time to really connect. And that's what's been so important about you and I going through this conversation and now building on it. And now the excitement that I'm going to see when we revisit this in a year on this podcast. Yeah. And I hear of your success and I see so many happy members of talent, male and female, whether it's Instagram models or porn stars or whatever it may be. You might get a fitness commercial that needs something shot in your space. Your space is epic. I guess there's another thing I want to say another way before we end this is that if you would have told me 20 years ago, when I was in that West Hollywood shithole apartment with uh, the white female rapper and only surviving on eggs because that was all that I could afford at the time. If you would have told me that in 20 years, I would have had a studio that was mine to create and do whatever I want, I would have told you to get the fuck out of here. There was no way that I could see that happening. But here we are. It's, um, I'm grateful for it. In some ways, it's a miracle for me to, to do this. So I love it. I just want to do some really amazing, cool stuff here. So I love that you're spreading the word. I appreciate you. And thank you again. Everyone check out and please support my friend and follow Hetty Vibe on Instagram and Twitter. Vic, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you. I, I appreciate you. Thank you for everything. There's nothing better than finishing an interview and having your producer say, oh my God, that was the most incredible interview ever. So I can't go for Ask Lisa Ann questions, everybody, because we got to ask Chris questions because I feel as soon as that was over, he had learned so much and I feel like I may have opened Pandora's box. So Chris, after that amazing setting and conversation and vibe, and understanding of getting to know my longtime friend, Vic. What were your takeaways? Well, I think you hit the nail on the head with the word that you said, vibe, right? The vibe that this guy has and the aura that he, he has is just phenomenal. And I think a, a lot of why I enjoyed that interview as well was his backdrop, the colors, that neon glow that he had in his backdrop. We're going to tweet out a video from that interview. So make sure you check out Lisa Ann's Twitter feed, her Instagram as well. And just have a look at, at what his setup is because, man, I think that really added to, to what the interview was. But for me, not only is he a fascinating guy, taking me behind the scenes uh, into this industry that I really don't know too much about. Right. It was just the, the, the stuff that I learned about the industry and, and how it's evolved since, you know, late 90s, early 2000s to now is fascinating. I've spoken to you about before. One of my favorite movies of all time is Boogie Nights, right? And that pretty much chronicles the change in the porn industry from the 70s through the 80s. Right. I feel like this is kind of like this, this chat 
gave us a glimpse into how it's changed in the last 20 years. And that was really interesting to me. And I said to you after the interview finished, I one of my passions is screenwriting. I've, I've wanted to be a screenwriter pretty much half my life now. Since I was 15, I wanted to be a screenwriter. He would be a great subject for me to write a biopic on or, or anyone to write a biopic yeah. on because of the stories that he has and how fascinating the stories are. So in the next couple of weeks, I might put pen to paper, start writing down a few things and, and pretty much do Boogie Nights the sequel. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Well, can I say when I got into the business in the early 90s, we still were feeling that tail end of Boogie Nights. And I can remember going to my first industry events where they would be in these ballrooms and then the talent would rent a bunch of adjoining suites. And, you know, as a young girl going up to these rooms where everybody's just partying and having sex, it was like system overload for me. I was like, Wow. Now it's not really that way. Everybody's such an independent thinker and everybody's busy doing their own thing. So it's gone from that to this now. And it is very, very different, but there's these cliques of people that will be together. But of course, we're not as free thinking as they were then because we are more aware of risks and germs and all of these things. Whereas remember in the Boogie Nights era, that wasn't really a thing. Like, you know, that was such a great movie because it discovered the elements of it was more of a lifestyle then. And I think now people get into the adult business to create a lifestyle for themselves. Whereas whether it's financial planning for your future, financial stability, being able to work from home, there's all these different reasons. Whereas before, it wasn't even about the money. Everybody just got in to be a part of it. You know what I mean? It was just like being in the coolest environment around people that were just all like-minded, kind of hippies, a little bit of drugs, you know, free sex, all these little things. And now it's become a little bit different. And now that it's more mainstream, I think the industry itself wants to be held accountable. And a lot of the talent really want to show people that they can, you know, they can be a part of society and contribute and be positive and not be that image, right? Not be that. We don't want everybody to think that. But Vic has the perfect kind of mix of both. And yet on set, he's the most professional you know, good, good, just great businessman and really knows how to bring out the best in everybody and really knows how to make everybody feel comfortable, which, you know, I've said before, you're your most vulnerable in life when you're on set shooting a scene. You know, you are stripped without your clothes, your your purse, your bags, your belongings are in another room. And sometimes you're surrounded by strangers. And so until you build that rapport with people and make them no longer strangers, there was a time Vic was a stranger to me and I was flying to Vegas to go. And at that time, you know, stay and work at his house and be in this environment where I knew no one and quickly I picked up on his vibe and I just felt really comfortable and safe with him. So we continued to build this, but he is just a dynamic human being. You know what? I couldn't even troll him yesterday over the the Eagles because they tied. <laughs> and like I was waiting, but then Carson Wentz kept doing great things. He slid into the end zone for that touchdown. So I was like, time to troll Vic, time to troll Vic, but they tied. So how much can I troll? But they should have won. That's I what know. you troll him on. They had that penalty. They probably could have kicked that field goal. What were they, 54 yards maybe? 55, 56, something, mid-50s. Then they got the penalty, moved it out of field goal range, and that's why they tied. So there's your troll job right there. I know, and Doug Peterson came out today and said that he didn't, he realized he should have tried it. Jake Elliott probably could have got it done, but what other takeaways do you have from the interview with Vic? Well, one thing I wanted to ask you before I get into any more takeaways, because you kind of touched on it there a little bit, how you're very vulnerable on set and it takes you a while to warm up to these people. How long does it actually take you to get comfortable with with certain members of the crew? Like, it's obviously, it's got to take some sort of time to get comfortable with them, right? It can take two or three times working with them, being on set with them. You know, because we're usually pretty good adapters. Remember, to be in the adult business and go into a different strip club every week to work, if you're feature dancing, you have to adapt to a different hotel, a different dressing room, a different stage, uh, different rules at the clubs. You know, some clubs won't let you play rap music. Some clubs will. Like, so you become this chameleon and you really learn to adapt. So towards the end, it probably took me two times. I remember in the beginning, it would take me two or three times just kind of get to know like, is that guy really grumpy or is that his sense of humor? You know, is this person flirty or are they just nice and trying to be friendly? Like you're all always <laughs> like, what's happening here? Do I feel safe here? And and that that kind of takes time. Whereas with Vic, I felt like it was right away. 
Yeah, like I said, one of my favorite interviews. That's not taking anything away from anyone else because I feel like every week, legitimately, we have fantastic interviews with incredibly interesting people. But let us know what you think. Hit us up on uh, on Twitter. Let us know what you think. Let us know what intrigued you about that interview. But man, afterwards, I just I was put in a good mood. As soon as we finished that interview, I was in a good mood, and that kind of set the scene for the for the rest of my day after that. I felt the same way every time I get to walk on set with him. And so when I would get hired from Brazzers, they would always want me to shoot with different producers. And I go, ah, you know, I really only wanted to shoot with Vic. There was one other guy, Tony Rebus, I liked as well. But Vic and I just had that long-term relationship. This could be something that the listeners would like to email the asklisaann at gmail.com. Maybe they have future questions for if I bring on any other male photographers, producers, or if we bring Vic back on because we could pile enough questions that listeners had like, oh, I was really intrigued. How does this work? Or what's this about? Or how's this going? Or we bring them on for an update on how his studio is doing and uh, all of that other good stuff. But it was just awesome. I'm glad that you enjoyed it. And I, you made me think that day, Chris. All afternoon, I was thinking, you know, I have all of this information that nobody really knows about. I have to find a way to share it. And I have Absolutely. to find a way to share it in a way that it's conversation style and I get the right people involved. And Vic really inspired me. We ended up talking all night that night by voice note, by phone, by text, just <laughs> going back and forth because it inspired both of us. We ended up writing a ton of notes in our phone. Like it inspired both of us. And I think his little podcast studio is going to come in handy for him. No doubt. But thank you so much, Chris, for chiming on today because I wanted to kind of cut out the Ask Lisa Ann and ask Chris, you know, what did you think of that? Because I had never seen you so just like your eyes were wide open, like, wow, this is dynamic. This is so interesting. We have to share a lot more of that and I have to continue to share with all of you. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast, The Lisa Ann Experience. Thank you to my producer, Chris Tyler. And listen, if you are enjoying the podcast, don't forget to rate it, please. And also subscribe so you get it first. I will be back in your ears before you know it. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Lisa Ann Experience. <laughs>